When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Besides the screen you spent most of your time staring at this week, chances are you are also captivated by a big screen video installation. From billboards to scoreboards, we inform and entertain audiences with our big screen solutions. Visit bigscreenvideo.com.au to see how BSV can bring your space to life. Anandera and Warilla, welcome to Saturdays in the Gong on SEM Track. Welcome to Saturdays in the Gong. I'm Tim Barrow, the Illawarra Sports, uh, Illawarra Mercury Sports Editor, and I'm here live at Wollongong Golf Club, the magnificent golf club. It's a little bit damp here. I'm here with the man who's got his number high in the rafters at Wynn Entertainment Centre, the championship winning player, Matt Campbell. Hey, it's good to be back. And yes, it is absolutely wet here at Wollongong Golf Club, so... Not a lot of golf being played at the moment. The boys are starting to warm up, but it's a, um, they're going to be playing a different kind of uh, 18 holes today because there's about five holes that are unplayable because of water. Yeah, they certainly will be. It'll be difficult out there, but it'll be a cracking show. We're here thanks to Charlie's Liquor Barn, everyday low prices with four great locations at Tarmore, Albion Park, Unandera and Warilla. We're going to jump straight in because we've got Brian Gorgian, Ready to go this morning. He would have slept pretty well, I would imagine, after uh, an exciting 87-71 to 71 win over Adelaide last night. Good morning, Brian. Good morning. Yeah, I, I uh, did sleep better. Um, just simply uh, winning's a lot better than losing, and we've uh, been doing a lot of that lately. So it's been a stressful time and uh, a little bit of relief last night. We were just talking off air the way that you were sort of tested when they came back there in the the second half after you'd established that that early lead and and you, but when you were tested you you rose to the occasion. Yeah, I mean it's been uh, it. I guess the, the evenness of the competition and right now we're just over that halfway mark and ourselves Brisbane, Adelaide, Tasmania, all these teams are desperate. You lose a game you know, like that for Adelaide or for us. And and with us being in this homestand, you feel like it almost knocks you out of any chance of making the four. So, um, you know, if you watch the other games, the games like teams get leads, no one's letting it go. You're not seeing 30-point swings, 30-point wins. You get up 15, 16. These teams are going to hit back. And uh, last night, um, we've had this before where we've had runs and got leads or we've fallen behind and come back and we get to that point where it's close. Um, we haven't got over the hump. And last night they came back and tied it. And uh, I like where we went. You know, we picked the ball up better in the backcourt, moved the ball better through hands, got better shots, and again got more guys involved in the game. The Isaac White situation was good. That's a, that, that's a good one for us. Uh, Harry Frawling contributing. That's where we got to go um, leading into this long road swing. 
Yeah, I agree with that, Brian. Um, thanks for coming on, man. And um, yeah, watching it last night, it was uh, the sense of the two wins against Cairns prior to the loss to Jack Jumpers seemed like they were more relief than excitement from the group. Kind of that pressure, that internal pressure that was put on themselves, I guess, from their you know the expectations from the group, and then to see that sort of you know get a good lead early in the first half the other night, and then have Adelaide sort of fight back, which which we knew they would. Um, it was it was good to see that resilience from the group to be able to go right, oh, calm themselves, don't get caught in the moment, because that would, could have been a, t- a turning point that really switched it from the group. And, a really good point that you said, I think, that, that I saw in last night's game that I was excited from as a fan was the fact that, yeah, the ball got shifted a lot more than it had in the last sort of month. And, yeah, getting guys up the floor a little bit more, creating a bit of energy from the defensive end, you must have been excited. And is, was that a, a focus going into the game from your point of view? You, you should be a coach, man. <laughs> it's, we had we had three points and you hit two of them right on the head. I mean, we went into the practices after the Tasmania game and just said, uh, um, I made it a, a rule at practice. You're not allowed to take more than two dribbles. So I tried to find a way to coach the team um, and keep flow going at practice because you got to remember, we've had huge disappointment. You know, we have a game one, a foul called and they make, three free throws when they mm. would come back and won the game that gets taken from you. Delhi comes in here and goes eight for 11 from the three point line and, and takes our pants down. Then yeah. we, the Jack jumpers come in and hit 22 out of 42 threes with McDaniels going four for four and Josh going eight for 11. So, um, you know, it's, it's the effort has been there. It hasn't been perfect, but, um, disappointment. And after that last loss to the Jack Jumpers, we come to practice. Everyone, you know, everyone's broken. Everyone's spirits down. How do you practice? So um, talking, detail. They're not up for that. So yeah. what we did to get the ball moving was limit the dribbles. You're only allowed two bounces, and then we did everything to possession. And we, we the second thing we talked about uh, big time was the pickup point. The yeah. point of confrontation, as you just mentioned, being up the floor. And that's making a guy like Tyler Harvey come up the floor and turn. That'd be like asking Bryce Cotton to pick yeah. up full court because we don't have Mitch Norton. Mm-hmm. So um, that's a big ask. So, and again, if you do that, now the subbing becomes different. And that's where Isaac White became very important last night. Those yeah. guys play 27, 28 minutes instead of 36, 35. Mm, yeah, and it, and 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 it showed, right? It, I think from from the fans' point of view too. I thought I think you would have noticed the the energy in the in the building as well. Um, not only with the subs, with with different people coming in and out of the game, but they can see the effort levels. And I think the frustration that I was getting told from just general punters, I guess, was yeah, it looked like the lack of effort, but it, it clearly wasn't. The guys were trying nearly too hard. Um, in their own areas to try and, you know, thinking that they should be doing these things and these are what I'm capable of, but it was unable to achieve it just based on the flow of the game. So, yeah, really exciting from that point of view. So where does it leave us now, Brian? What you obviously going into well, I mean, a I, run. I, I mean, it's, it's a good one because I'm always asking right now the why. And when, you know, and you talk, everyone has an opinion, but when you look individually um, at a Tyler Harvey, you look at a... Uh, a Harry Frawling, you look at um, Tim Conrad, 
Tim Conrad's in about the best shape he's ever been in his life. He's 37, 38 years old. Mm. And his, you've played with him. How do you yeah. think he looks defensively to how he was five years ago? You're talking about a guy at Harry Frawling's lost mm. almost 18 kilos. Um, and to, it's just that when people say trying or playing effort or what, it's, it's um, God-given talent. I mean, mm-hmm. some, what's his uh, AC's an athlete. Yeah, um, uh, these guys are um, what they are. And um, they're not explosive athletes, so they have to do it in a different way. And maybe it looks like because he's not explosive, when Harry's out there, he's not trying. Or Tim's not trying. But it, it's more, and I said, to put it on me. The, the substitution pattern, uh, the style in which we play, defensively and in the schemes and the rules um more of that but it's definitely and i say this to all the people in Wollongong, you don't have a group of guys that aren't going to try and aren't given an effort and then the disappointment and the smacking that we've taken over the last month with the expectations been no quit on the day-to-day this is the perfect time for finger you learn a lot about people and uh take me out of this I, I put it on me and I look at the group it's a great group of guys there with a lot of talent and um, you know the signing of Sam Frawling now the fact that Tyler's here you look back uh, when you were playing Maddie you couldn't keep yeah. Nick K you couldn't keep um, uh, Norton Mitch Norton now we've got some guys that um, have a future and that's enabled we've re-signed them and that tells the people out there hey things must be pretty good here or these guys wouldn't re-sign and i think it's the start we talked it's the second year and we made the playoffs last year it's the second year of a build and the signing of of sam bone is as important as the wins and losses right now we talk about uh, the next group of, of games there. Obviously, the break is coming up. Uh, you've got South East Melbourne and then Tasmania again. I, I know, you know, home comforts are great, and obviously uh, it's been great to play on your own floor, but sometimes going away and, and having a, a run of games can really galvanise a group and, I guess, sort of um, take them to the next level when you're really pushing for playoffs. I agree with that, too. Um, playing 12 whatever it is, home games, game after game, and being bunkered down here isn't um, really. And you look at Cairns last, some of the teams that started with COVID that way last year, some similar to us. You don't win all 11 games. You know, it's, it's much better space. But that's the way it was. And now um, initially getting in a plane and going somewhere as a group, I think is going to be good for this young team. And uh, the pre- it's great to be, when we're evaluating this thing and growing this thing, playing games where you're under pressure. That's how you become a good organization. That's how you become a better team. And uh, this is something we're trying to grow in the long term. We got to the playoffs last year, and now we're playing every game under pressure like a playoff game. And I think that's good. I think it's good for us. Yeah, I agree with that, Brian. It's 100% on the money with where you're at with the group, especially after winning three out of the last four games too. And like you said, there was a bit of, you know, the other games could have gone either way for you in bits and pieces. So the group itself 
knows it can play better, and it's won three out of the last four games. Now you're going into a road stretch. This is a good opportunity for the group to come together with a bit of time together on the road where they have to be and mingle with each other and really, really stamp their authority on the league. And it's, a, it's good at the moment now heading into this little part that you can really start to put a stretch of wins together as a group. And pretty exciting. Like you mentioned, Sam Froling. I'm super excited from the Hawks organisation point of view to be able to put a player like him in place for a long period of time. Not only does it show confidence, as, as you said, Brian, but it also shows that you know the build is in the youth here. So if we can get our local content from an organisation point of view right, then the mix of the imports coming in and out makes it a lot easier to be a top four team consistently for for a long period of time. So really excited with the signing of Sam Froling. I, I Matt, I couldn't agree more. And I, I just you know you when I was in China, that my time here, it's not about the imports. It's about the Australian content. And it's about being able to recruit the top content and develop content. And when you do, keeping it here. And again, you look at the inconsistency since 1979 of this program. They've had great teams. Um, They've had much better seasons than we had last year. But they've never strung four, five, six, that thing that Perth United do. And it's because if somebody's good here... It's like a tryout. You, and I do UK yeah. and Norton is the example. They play yeah. well. Oh, we'll go to the big fish. And that's yeah. the, how Sam Frawling was thinking when he came here. I'll sure. come here, get an opportunity to play, showcase myself, and yeah. go to a United or Perth. Establish so myself and then go one, on. Exactly. Correct. Correct. And now the next one, Duop. I mean, we've got an international player there. If mm. we can keep. Two or three of those have an import like you've had in the past, like a Tyler Harvey, a first-team all-league, and keep it. It's something that we haven't been able to do. And that's what, that's as important in the long-term thing of anything else. So uh, really excited about Sam, um, excited to get on the road, and excited about the team we put together. And, uh, again, I'm not, it's been a little disappointing so far. Um, but I think um, it's going to get better. Brian, look, we really appreciate your time here on Saturdays on the, in the gong, especially the morning after a, a big game. It's going to be an important stretch coming up, and uh, we wish you the best for the rest of the season. Thank you, and it's great to see, uh, see you along the beach, Matty. You never see me, but I always keep walking the dog. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, thanks for coming to the game, brother. And no worries, man. All the best. Plenty more to come this morning on Saturdays in the Gong. We're off to a break. Charlie's Liquor Bar. Everyday low prices with four great locations. Tarmore, Albion Park, Unandera and Warilla. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. Welcome back to Saturdays in the Gong live from the Wollongong Golf Club. It's Tim Barrow here with Matt Campbell. And now we introduce our next guest. It's uh, Christian Zeidler. He's from uh, One Agency Wollongong, a revelation in uh, real estate. Good morning, Christian. <laughs> good morning. How are you? Yeah, good, mate. Good. It's great to uh, have you back on board uh, this year. Obviously, it's been a, a busy summer. What's, what's the market been like? Oh, it's still, still flying ahead. Um, most properties, uh, you know, as they were last year, every now and then... Um, we're seeing it being a little subjective in that not every property is flying off the shelves, uh, but it's still a strong market and there's lots of buyers. 
Oh, Z, that's awesome. It's um, yeah, it's good to have you, mate. Thanks for coming back on board. But um, yeah, well, I've noticed um, my sister-in-law's in um, conveyancing law, and she said her her matters are through the roof at the moment. So there is the, still the market for it, but you said that there is a little bit of picking and choosing. So you can't just throw something on the market without dressing it up like you probably did prior to Christmas. What what else is going on? What have you got going on at the moment in the Gong? Oh, we've got an auction today in lovely Mangerton, 26 Woodlawn Avenue. The beautiful old Art Deco and, you know, Leafy Mangadon's always popular. So um, hopefully we get a good result there. We've got five pre-registered. That's on at 11 to 11.30. And as usual, right. we're putting on free coffee from the Pellegrini boys. Wow, I love their coffee. It's always beautiful. good. So, And uh, Z, are you starting to see a bit of a shift, I guess, from just the random sort of suburbs to more of those traditional suburbs that were hard to get, like your Mangadans, you know, the traditional Balgowny, like, you know, those, those sort of more exclusive um, areas. Are they starting to, to come back to the, to, the, to the fore, I guess, now with the fact that the market, you know, is, is, has a tiny little bit of correction? Is that what you're seeing? Oh, look, those suburbs are always popular. Um, so that that really hasn't changed, but I suppose the good quality ones they're less affected by sort of undulations and you mm-hmm. know interest rate hikes, scares, and things like that. So I mean they're they're, they're ever popular. The days on market are short. The results are good, and uh, hopefully that uh, follows suit today with our auction. Mm, that's great. Now, what about through Christmas? Like, were you, were you guys busy? Did you take any time off? What What was the uh, What was one agency doing through that Christmas period? Well, one agency forged ahead. Um, the girls on deck did a great job. I took the family over to skiing in the states, and nice. uh, we all got COVID. Oh well, not so nice. Well, that was <laughs> exciting. I mean, it, yeah. it meant we had to extend our trip. So you know, why was uh, me? Yeah, yeah, lucky you obviously didn't get bad symptoms from that, mate. So whereabouts were you in the States? In Colorado, a little ski town called Telluride, where my uh, my sister and brother-in-law live. Oh, brilliant. I mean, that's amazing. Sounds good. And yeah. is, is auction, you know, with a lot, of, um, a lot of properties at the moment, have you sort of found that the, you know, the, the auction market's the way to go? Yeah, I think whenever you've got a multi, like multiple buyers on something, it's just a really transparent process. There's no smoke and mirrors. You know, it's every time you tell a buyer on a private treaty property that you've already got an offer in excess of that, you can sort of see them roll their eyes going, oh, of course you do, you know, you're making that up. Whereas an auction's an open public forum for the negotiation. They can see the other guy bidding above them. They can choose where they want to go with their bid. Uh, it's a real clean process. And everyone walks away having had a, an absolute even chance. So that's the... The beauty of auction, on the downside, it's stressful. Uh, but what little people, uh, you know, no, no one really realises, it's stressful for the agents too and the owners. Everything, it's a culmination of your work and, you know, it's that open public forum for a you know, success or, or failure. So uh, we certainly put in the hard yards leading up to it to make sure it's going to be a success every time. And what about down sort of in the, the southern suburbs? Like oh, I live down at uh, sunny Shell Harbour, well, not so sunny today, but obviously the northern suburbs are you know, pretty solid in the, uh, the market all the time. Um, I guess more broadly, um, you know, what, what, what have you found in, in some of the other the southern suburbs? It's, it's like this. Um, I liken it to like a cascading pond. You've got this big pond of Sydney. It fills up and overflows, and down it comes to the northern suburbs of Sydney. They fill up and overflow. People are priced out. They just keep going south. So, you know, you're seeing million-dollar price tags on um, suburbs like Albion Park and Dapto, which, 
you know, I, I mean, it just it still still amazes me. But people are buying as long as you're sort of 15 minutes from uh, CBD of Wollongong, which of course we know in the Illawarra is just about everywhere, and the Illawarra covers that. Um, people are happy to go to. So those suburbs super popular and Shell Harbour. Well, that's just nuts. You know, with that marina going in down there in Shell Cove, it's just pulled that. You know, it's, it's really put a spotlight on that uh, on that area. People are coming from everywhere. I'm hearing people moving from Canberra, down the coast, certainly from Sydney, inland as well, western Sydney. There's this big migration to get near the water for obvious reasons. No, absolutely. It's an impressive development. I, I don't live too far away from there. We, we frequent uh, the area down there. Look, we really appreciate your time, Christian. Uh, it's always great to, to chat about the uh, the real estate market. It's certainly an, an interest of mine. Uh, thank you for your time, Christian. No, thanks for having me on, gents, and have fun. Yeah, no worries. Great. Thanks, e. Appreciate it. One Agency, Zydler Waller, a revelation in Wollongong real estate, empowering investors, families, couples and individuals. We're here thanks to Charlie's Liquor Barn, everyday low prices, with four great locations at Tarmor, Albion Park, Unandera and Warilla. I might just stop off on the way home, mate. Mm. The Charity Shield's on tonight. I'll have a couple of quiet beers and kick up the feet, I think. You know what? I was thinking... I was actually thinking the exact same thing when I was looking at it. I'm like, oh, man, I wouldn't mind a beer at the moment. So, well, for the afternoon, that is. So a couple of horse races around. I know these are a bit rained out. But, um, yeah, sit back. There's a couple of basketball games on too. And, man, how fantastic was it to have Brian Gorgian <clears throat> on the show after a, a win and then get the insight into a how he's thinking from a coach point of view. Yeah, he's so so generous with his time, for one, but he's just so insightful, and that's what I absolutely love. Uh, you know, he's a wonderful quote, which as a journalist myself is always a great thing, but he's so insightful about the game. He gives you a perspective that you won't always get out of a lot of coaches, and I think it gives fans an understanding of the game. They see the game and obviously they you know they know a lot about the game but to know what the coach is thinking at a certain time and he can he can really um, sort of break it down and give you an idea yeah, of it. He, he articulates that so well and, and you just you know we're kind of talking off air and some of the challenges he has as you know uh, a coach who's got a bronze medal who's won you know numerous championships from a from a NBL coach point of view um, comes into a, a program which has traditionally been a battler like the, you know the gong we've, we've always battled um, you know to try and win you know above our weight grade I guess you'd say and then to come in now and try and build a program versus trying to get instantaneous wins yeah. so that short term goal of winning as a coach and a player yeah. versus the long term um, plan from a club point of view to be successful long term yeah. um, both financially and on the court yeah. Yeah, how do you mix that in as, as the greatest of all time as a coach now that, that challenge for Brian w- was extreme because yeah. the expectations from the general punter is that we've got a great coach we've got a good team we should be winning but then realistic from the program point of view as the, as, as the Hawks we're looking at long term sustainability um, long term Success from a from a club point of view. So you got to mirror that in with development of local talent. We call local talent, but that's the Australian content yeah. that you get in um, versus the the just bringing in you know one year at a time guys who are going to come in, do their job, fly out, and then establish. So yeah, trying to get that mix right, I thought is a challenge from Brian's point of view. But to to see that now we're year two, second year Blues for a couple of the players that are back and they're they're, they're rolling along. They're not playing awesome basketball. Um, But, yeah, we we nearly beat um, Melbourne United. 
like that took an extraordinary effort from Delvadova. Um, you know, the game before, uh, the game after that um, against South Melbourne, you know, we should have won that game. We, we could call for a foul at the end of the game. So, so they're thereabouts, but, you know, winning those close games ultimately will be the difference between making the four and, and not making the four. Yeah, and uh, the signing of Sam Froling before we, we go to the break, um, you know, I just think that's an important piece in the puzzle that it gives... One, it's great for the squad, but two, it just gives fans confidence that the direction's going the right way. Isn't it? Absolutely, it's confidence. It's it's confidence not only with the team and and the um, and general fans. It's also confidence with other players in the league that this program's here to stay long term. So very exciting. After the break, we've got Think It Over trainer Kerry Parker running in the very heavy conditions today at Royal Randwick. We've also got uh, Wollongong Wolves new chief executive Strebray Delovsky coming up in the second hour of the show, as well as the great man Ashton Sims, Group 7 manager and former uh, NRL player, and plenty of chat to come about the Charity Shield and some NRL stuff coming up later on. We're off to the break. Plenty more to come. Stick Charlie's with us. Charlie's Liquor Bar. Everyday low prices with four great locations. Tarmore, Albion Park, Anandera and Warilla. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. Think it over being wound up and giving chase to I Am Superman and here he comes again. Think it over went straight on by from I Am Superman. Special reward and collect load on the scene but think it over. Another big race victory wins the Apollo Stakes in brilliant style. Gee, think it over. He's a good horse. I interviewed Kerry Parker some 15, 16 months ago before the gong where he ran third mm. and I asked him then whether uh, 1,600 metres in that race was too short. And then, then he comes back here a couple of preps later at 1,400 metres and just blows them away. That was just fantastic to watch. It's going to be a little bit more difficult today, though, because it's a heavy 10 and I think there's a bit more rain to come up at Randwick. We welcome Kerry Parker. I appreciate your time on race day. Good morning to you. Good morning, gentlemen. How are we? Good, mate. Good. Look, it's great to have you on board. Uh, did you consider scratching? Uh, yeah, through the week we sort of looked at all options, well, even probably before that, uh, you know, um, uh, trying to sort of map out different plans, uh, and it was as ugly as going around on a heavy track, you know, um, you sort of freshen up and you go back to 1300 or you go five weeks, it just didn't fit, you know, yep. Yep. it didn't, it just didn't fit where he's got three weeks after this to get ready for the, uh, Rambet, um, and, uh, you know, listening to the track manager all week, it had been pretty good until this morning was pretty ugly news, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think there was 250 mils of rain in the past week up at Randwick. I think I think they've done well to uh, to get the track as workable uh, as it probably is. The drainage is pretty pretty good up there. I mean, do you have any concerns? Like, do you, do you think... I know uh, he's over for three on, on a heavy track, but, I mean, do you, do you think he's still, um, you know, going to be right up to performing against uh, Very Elegant and Colette and, and some of the other uh, good wet trackers in the field? Well, I think that's the unknown, really. Uh, you know, when you, when you do his wet form, he's probably got no hope. You know, when you go through his wet form. Uh, but in saying that, it was a year and a half ago, the last time he ran into a heavy track, you know. Yep. Um, uh, and I think what also may help him a little bit today is not a lot of, it doesn't look like there's a lot of genuine pace in the race, so he could yep. probably stay on the bit for a good while in the run, you know. Uh, but, um, you know, then no doubt the punters have got to be cautious. Like I say, his wet tracks form, um, you know, they've been his, well, he's only had two for me, he's two heavy runs and they've been his worst 
worst runs he's, he's ever had for me. The only times I've been disappointed with him. Yeah, it'd be a bit of a pity if he. I mean, just if he doesn't get through, just given he was so well wound up in the first uh, the first run in the Apollo Stakes. I mean, that was just a fantastic uh, race. I I know very elegance coming back from a Melbourne Cup and as early in her prep too. But there was no excuses. I mean, he, he just uh, he, he blew them away, and um, you know. I guess regardless of what happens today, you just must be so excited about what he's got in store, not just for the rest of the autumn, but also for the spring. Oh, exactly right. You know, uh, I think that's our, our main concern. Like today, um, you know, we just want to see him come through fine. You know, uh, it's not about winning today. It's about uh, staying in our program uh, to, to get to the Queen Elizabeth um, Cherry Wright, you know. Um, yeah, he, he's there to try and win. There's no doubt at all. Nash knows him uh, uh, really well, and I'm sure if he's he's struggling in it, he's he's not going to kill him in it. You know. And mate, just also on uh, hope in your heart. Um, obviously, it's a, a big test today uh, up against the likes of uh, Fangirl Jamea and uh, Espiona, which was a, a great battle there last time. Um, what can we expect? Yeah, I've, uh, I've always had a really good opinion of this filly because uh, I've always sort of her main aim was sort of the Kembla uh, Kembla Classic here, um, but just the way it was with her, she had a really high country benchmark and a very low city provincial med benchmark, so she she'd been really awkward to place. Um, so her two runs in this time in have been in you know a lot tougher grades than um, than she could have been placed in uh, had we had the right races, you know. Uh, but absolutely thrilled with her. I, I do have a, a bit of an opinion of her, no doubt. Um, and the heavy track, I think she'll get through it. You know, uh, she's gone through the soft and everything very comfortably, and I, I don't think that'll concern her. She is only a little hot filly. Uh, mm. Probably the concern is that it's another run at 1,400 metres, but in the heavy conditions, it may turn it into a bit more of a mile race anyway. So, you know, she's not there just to make up the numbers. I, I think she's sort of... Yeah, she is 100 to 1, but geez, uh, I've, I've had a little sneaky couple of dollars each way in hope. <laughs> well, I, might, well, I like might, that, Kerry. Right that was yeah, confidence yeah, enough a, there. A little bit of confidence in it. And <laughs> it's, uh, it's exciting having a horse like that too that, you know, is, is one of those in-betweeners you can't find a place for. But but obviously it's coming along really well in training. And, you know, pretty exciting that you've got, uh, you know, a horse of the calibre of Think It Over to, to go out there against the big guns. And, you know, it, it's exciting at the moment from the stable point of view. Oh, definitely. You know, like we've only what have we got 16, 18 in work here at the moment, and we've got two runners today, and they both take their place in Group Ones. You know, like uh, mm. uh, that's that's a terrific in itself. Everyone's walking around, sort of, you know, fingers crossed, hoping for the best with the track conditions and everything. But uh, no, it's a it's a good credit to everybody to you know to to at least be take part in these races. Now, Kerry, I'm gonna gonna out you here. I uh, I saw on social media during the week. But uh, the team were, were living like the kings of Kembla. You certainly uh, would have enjoyed a, a bit of a, a lobster dinner there, I saw, uh, obviously celebrating uh, Think It Over's success. <laughs> yeah, very much. It's hard to go past the good lagoon uh, seafood platters, you know. You, yeah, you, you get a bunch of, bunch of good people together, mate, and put a few seafood platters down the, down the middle of that table. It's, uh, it's wonderful. You're not eating seafood unless you've got it running down your elbows. <laughs> so after the two wins today, mate, we expect the invite for next week's uh, seafood lagoon dinner, mate, uh, lunch or something like that. Either one's all okay for Tim and I, mate. <laughs> I, I imagine it would be. They're, gonna say they're hard to beat. It's, uh, yeah. No, it just ended up a lovely night. You know, it was good.
And mate, just with Think It Over, I, I noticed you'd mentioned about the the Australia Cup and, you know, I guess the dream uh, obviously last year was hard with the COVID restrictions and trying to get down to Melbourne and, you know, the dream may still be there about the, the Cox Plate. I mean, uh, have you thought much more about uh, getting him down there for the Melbourne way of going and, and just sort of testing him out at some stage? Yeah, well, as I say, still holds a nom there for the, uh, um, uh, the Australian Cup uh, in a couple of weeks, but uh, now that this is going around on a heavy 10, I'd say that's very unlikely now. You know, I'd, I'd tip and I'd just give him the three weeks uh, to get over that and go to the Ram vet. Um, but, yeah, that was always an option uh, that was going to be uh, made after today, you know, after his second up run, to whether we uh, stayed here in Sydney or, or, or had a shot at the Australian Cup uh, on the way through, you know. Um, uh, but, like I say, with the wet conditions and everything today... Uh, probably not. He's probably unlikely to turn around a fortnight and go to Melbourne. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and just before yep. we let you go, mate, uh, Don Luigi ran. Uh, I thought pretty well the other day. What uh, What can we expect from the stable? Have you got any uh, anything else you can tip into the punters? Uh, not necessarily at this stage. We're a little quiet. We've got a couple sort of uh, on the way up that are that trial stage, you know, tampering and things like that. That. Uh, uh, we're supposed to sort of trial this week, of course, but uh, all that was taken out of uh, or washed out. So uh, need a little bit more time to get those guys going. But uh, no, Don Luigi, I thought was was quite good the other day. I was quite happy with his determination at the the sort of 150 there. I thought he was really surging to try and pick up those leaders, but then they then they just kept running on him. So uh, with him, I'm I'm hoping to sort of get him into the um, provincial uh, series there at Gosford. Uh, the 1,200 metre heat there in a, in a couple of weeks looks like if he can sneak into that field, that'd be a lovely target for him. Well, Kerry, I've got to say, I appreciate you coming on. I've backed Think It Over every time since uh, the gong, and they keep underestimating him, just giving us a better price, and he keeps delivering. And I reckon he's just starting to come into the peak of his uh, powers, mate, so I probably owe you a seafood dinner, uh, <laughs> just giving the little, uh, the little payday along the way. Um, thanks for your time, mate, on race day. Obviously a busy day for you. Good luck this afternoon. Hopefully he gets through well and can be uh, right there in the finish again. The Chipping Norton Stakes... Races at 4.05pm. Thanks again. No, no worries at all, guys. Good luck and good punting. Thanks, Kerry. Thank you, mate. That was Kerry Parker. We're Saturdays in the gong. It's Matt Campbell here with Tim Barrow live from the Wollongong Golf Club. I promised the Chief Financial Officer, Aaron Franklin, that I'd give uh, plenty of mentions of the golf club Mm. along the way because I know he's listening in. So uh, we're here, it's, uh, it's a bit wet, but it's, uh, it's such a magnificent course. We're going to go off to a break. We're going to come back shortly with probably my favourite segment, I think. It's going to be Matt's, mo- Matt's Mock, but I've added one more. I've got, added Baz's Best. We're going to have a couple of tips when we come back for the races. Everyday low prices with four great locations. Tarmel, Albion Park, Anandera and Warilla. Welcome to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. Welcome back. It's Saturdays in the Gong with Tim Barrow, the Illawarra Mercury Sports Editor. I'm here with Matt Campbell. The Hawks, great to you. It was an enjoyable first hour. We had mm. Brian Gorgian on giving us an insight after last night's win. And also the great uh, Kerry Parker. Let's hope he has a win uh, this afternoon as well. Absolutely, yeah. Great guest to start us off. It's, uh, this hour looks just as good. Now, now I realise I said 10pm on the way out mm-hmm. before the 10 o'clock news. So hopefully by 10pm, 10, 10 Kerry... We'll be enjoying a, a winner, or a couple of winners even, yeah. this afternoon. Um, and the Dragons, will they 
could potentially uh, have a win in the Charity Shield. I think they really need to sort of show something. It looks something very close to their best team uh, that's in tonight. And we'll talk uh, a bit about that later in the hour because we've got Ashton Sims coming on as well as our regular host, Matt Russell. He'll be joining us on the line from Melbourne. We're here at the uh, beautiful Wollongong Golf Club this morning. The uh, the golfers are sort of filing in. There's not too much golf, but they're certainly uh, in relaxing and enjoying themselves here this morning. On the line now, we have the new Wollongong Wolves Chief Executive, Strebre Dolovsky. He also has uh, great experience as an A-League referee. I think it's a really interesting important appointment, and it'll uh, be great for not only football in the Illawarra, but also, uh, you know, the Wolves have ambitions of the A-League. Uh, they're also being quite powerful in the New South Wales NPL under coach Luke Wilkshire. So good morning to you, Strebre. Uh, good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Good. Brilliant, mate. Yeah, it's great to have, have you along. Uh, it was also great to hear your ap- appointment during the week. Just, I guess, tell us a bit about your decision to come on board and, and what it means for the Wolves. Yeah, look, um, I'm obviously very excited to, you know, when the op- opportunity presents itself. Um, you know, the Wolves ha- have been looking for a CEO, I guess, for, for some time now and, and, and the right person. And I, I, I guess, um, you know, uh, I was approached by by the chairman, uh, Tory Laval, and you know we, we had a we had a chat. Our goals, our, our values, um, all aligned, and you know where we want the club to to go to and, and move, and you know how we want to integrate that into the community. So um, that all, all all fell together very nicely, and then um, basically the decision was was pretty quick after that. So yeah, look, really excited to take this. Um, you know, as, like you said. I've been involved in refereeing, I guess, for the last 30 years. But, um, you know, football's football. And, and you know, there are, there are obviously going to be a lot of similarities uh, with, with my previous role at Football Australia as um, director of... Yeah, thanks, Trebe. It's uh, Matt Campbell here, mate. Nice to have you on the show. It's, uh, it is exciting. You're right. Like, um, you know, if you look at the Wolves organisation, you think that Luke's done such a fantastic job on the field. Um, you know, he's, he's really embraced um, building talent from the local region and, and trying to, you know, establish a, a culture and work ethic through there. You've got Tori Lavelle, fantastic uh, business person in Luara, great supporter of all sports. And, you know, the, the organisation just lacked a little piece. And, um, you know, having you come on board, I'm really excited for, for where it sees. So, you know, for, from your end, your strengths obviously have been, you know, part of football for so long. And what's the short-term goal? What's the long-term goal? What do you see? Yeah, look, um, you know, uh, every, everyone in Australia is aware of the Wollongong Wolves brand. You know, I, I don't think that's no secret. There's no secret that the region, um, you know, once an A-League club, um, I, I guess... You know, from my point of view, first and foremost, it's about, um, you know, re- re-engaging with key stakeholders in, in the area, in the region. Um, and, and ultimately, you know, if, if everyone is united, and, you know, I know that's easier said than done uh, in the current climate, but if we can, you know, have a common goal and we can work towards that, then um, the A-League side of things, I don't think they'll have a choice but to give a licence to the region. Um, but, you know, I, I remember as a... As a teenager, you know, those days going to Brandon Park and it was a really good atmosphere to go there and, um, you know, you'd meet your friends there, you'd, you'd run around, you'd, you'd watch a game. Um, you know, look, this is what we want to recreate. Um, back at Wynn Stadium this year, we're playing Friday night, so I think it's a really good time slot that the club's moved to and it's going to really encourage families and, and um, kids to, to go to the game and uh, you, you point around Luke and, you know, firing on the field, um, you know, we, we 
hopefully going to start strong. We've had some good pre-season performances, and hopefully that you know starts to um, you know increase increase um, crowd numbers, particularly at Wynn Stadium. And tell us about your involvement with the, the A-League clubs. You just touched on it there before with your, your role, obviously being a long-time referee and then uh, involved with fo- Football Australia, I guess. Tell us about some of your, your, your role there and, and your connection with, um, with the A-League clubs. Yeah, look, um, uh, I, in my previous role as director of referees, I would be you know, weekly in, in discussions with the club CEOs. So I've got a very strong relationship with with those club CEOs and, and clubs in particular. And a lot of the former players have gone into senior management positions um, at, at the A-League club. So, um, you know, like um, uh, Paul Letterer and Simon Pearce and Danny Townsend and, and all the, uh, all the uh, key um, people in, in the leagues at the moment. And, and Greg O'Rourke, you know, I've got a very strong working relationship with them and, and I'm sure that will continue moving forward. So that can only benefit... Um, the Wolves, but not, not just the Wolves, but also um, the region as a whole. Yeah, and I guess that's an important step, obviously, having those connections and that relationship. I mean, the Wolves have done a lot of groundwork towards, I guess, gaining uh, A-League entry and where that might go. There's sort of been some talk in, in recent months about the, the willingness to, to look at further expansion. We've seen the success of both Western United and MacArthur this season, so I think for the people who are keen on expansion, there is the evidence there to say that it can be a success and that the you know the Wolves, uh, obviously there'll be some other contenders, no doubt uh, teams in Queensland, uh, I'd say Canberra, mm-hmm. um, probably Tasmania, there, there'd be other yeah. bids that, that would want to get involved. But, you know, the, the, the clubs are obviously, um, you know, the, the force behind the A-League now in, in the, uh, the new um, structure. So, you know, I guess that's an, an important step uh, to take the, the Wolves' cause along further. Yeah, look, absolutely, and, and look, the, the A League, an A League team in, in the region, um, is obviously one of the goals, and, and I think the majority of, of um, uh, the region wants that, and, and, and you know, it's, it's an identity as well. But I, I think before, you know, even before we get to that, I think it's really important that you know the region wants a united front first, and, and the leagues aren't going to give a license to a region um, like Wollongong. If um, key stakeholders aren't working together, they're not united and, and there's fractions. So uh, I think that was the, definitely the case in the last um, round of uh, applications for the A-League where, you know, obviously we had, you know, the, uh, two key stakeholders completely, um, you know, worlds apart in, in that. And, you know, the, ultimately the, the region suffers. But, you know, look, I've already started, uh, reached out to, to some of those stakeholders um, and we've had an initial meeting, even though um, you know I start next week. But I've, I've, I've extended that, and we um, have sat down in, in the initial uh, meeting. It, it's proven to be very positive. So we can only grow from that and move forward. But I know the region um, is, is basically sick of talking about fractions and you know um, different sides in, in, in the Illawarra. The only way we're going to get a license if that's if that's united, and you know, part of my role is is obviously to to try and promote that and and, and look at a structure that everyone can work towards, and then ultimately um, the the leagues won't have a choice but to give us a license. 
I think that's one of the most important statements I've heard uh, in Illawarra football. I mean, I've been here 14 years. I've obviously done a lot of coverage in this area with the Illawarra Mercury, and I think it's so hugely important that we sort of start to get to the, the same song sheet. There's there's a lot of layers within Illawarra football, and obviously, uh, you know, different clubs and organisations have have their own interests and in, in how they go about it, but it's such an important point that, um, you know... If we want a league, we have to get serious about it, and I think it's um, it's fantastic to um, you know to hear to say to that point. I just wanted to uh, well, raise is, with you. This is the, um, oh, sorry, I, I think you know the, the way I put this, this is this is the line in the sand moment, I, I guess for for the uh, Illawarra or, or for the region and, and football community. Um, I, I understand, and, and I guess we, we can't change the past. The past is the mm. past. We can't change that. We can only look forward, and and I think um, if there is strong support um, at all levels of the game, then, you know, everyone's going to hop on the bus. And those people that will try to stop the bus, I think there's going to be too much momentum to stop that. And, and those, those people will ultimately, um, you know, um, miss, the, miss the stop, ultimately. And we, we just need to move forward. This, is, this mm. is the time that people just need to say, OK, we, we understand there's some, you know, a lot of people have been burned, a lot of, there's a bit of a sour taste in some people's mouths in regards to what has happened in the past. But from my point of view, um, I just want to look forward now. Um, uh, as I said, I've been in refereeing. Um, this is now the opportunity for the community to, to, to unite and, and move forward uh, with, with that approach, I think, is, is the best way. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's some really positive statements there and I really hope that it is a bit of a new era for, for football here in the Illawarra. Look, Strebro, we really appreciate your time. Uh, I think it's fantastic to see the Wolves using that initiative, bringing you on board and obviously working with the A-League clubs as, as well as uh, football down here in the Illawarra. So we wish you well for um, for what's ahead. Obviously, the Wolves have been uh, really successful recently with Luke Wilkshire on board. So, um, yeah, we look forward to seeing what the Wolves have got in store. Thanks, guys. Appreciate your time. Thanks, Trebre. We're here uh, Saturdays in the gong. Thanks to Charlie's Liquor Barn, everyday low prices with four locations, Tarmore, Albion Park, Unandera and Warilla. We're going to be back the other side of this break. We're going to talk to Ashton Sims about Group 7, the Charity Shield and NRL. Albion Park, Unandera and Warilla. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. Welcome back to Saturdays in the Gong. Thanks to Charlie's Liquor Barn, everyday low prices with four great locations at Tarmore, Albion Park, Unandera and Warilla, where I'll be stopping off on the way back to Shell Harbour to watch the Charity Shield tonight. We're here at the uh, Wollongong Golf Club this morning. Matty Campbell, I think it's time to talk rugby league. We're yeah. starting to get in the swing of it. We know that the Dragons fans get excited about the Charity Shield, even though they haven't won it for a decade now. Yes, I saw that. It's becoming quite the imposing yeah, record. Now, I know it's a trial, so you sort of get to the point where, you know, does it really matter all that much? Mm. And they actually lost the Charity Shield in the year they won the Premiership, so it's not always the, the key indicator. But it is one of those things where they're playing a top-four contender... They've got very close to their best 17. They've got a couple out. Tarek Sims is among them. So, you know, you just sort of think, well, what are we going to see from the Dragons here tonight? How forward are they in their preparation? Yeah, look, an interesting question too. Like sometimes I look back from my basketball career and you, and you go, 
Yeah, sometimes when you're rolling as a group and you've got a good continuity from from talent point of view and you roll into a pre-season, mm. you can slide through the pre-season not going so well, knowing that you've got the talent, you know that you've got the team that's going to be able to compete. I think the years that, that you walk into a year going, I'm not sure how the team's going to go, they're the important years where pre-season games are super important from the group point of view for a confidence level um, and sets themselves up for the rest of the season. So from the Dragons, obviously, being a bit lean mm. um, over, over, over a little bit of time. So to have this game now, I think it's important for them to start building, mm. um, not, not only for themselves as a group, which is very, very important, but as a, from a fan base point of view, they need to start building a bit of continuity in the way they play, um, in their effort levels and their consistencies, um, so that they can be a team that's going to you know, knock on the door of the finals. Now, I'm looking for that for, from tonight. Like, uh, If they don't win against a top four team, I'm okay with that, but I want to see the effort levels, I want to see the consistency, I want to see a team that looks exciting, that we go, well, hang on a they're going to beat some teams this year and it's going to be a good season yeah. and a good building season. That, that's what I'm looking for from the Dragons tonight. Yeah, it's a really delicate balance with Anthony Griffin too. They're, they've bought some experience and some sort of harder heads that have played a lot of footy and probably a bit of bargain-buy work along the way there. But they've got a mix with these young talent mm-hmm. coming through. Now, like Tyrell Sloan looks like he'll probably be the first pick for fullback, yep. but you've also got Cody Ramsey there on the wing. I know Anthony Griffin has an opinion of him as well. Mm-hmm. So they've got a decision to make there because particularly with the spine, as is always so, you know, got to be successful for every NRL club. We look at the Melbourne Storm yeah, and, the, the, you know, the famous players that have mm-hmm. come through there. So you've got Sloan at the back. You've got Junior Ramone coming in with Ben Hunt. Obviously, Ben Hunt's an experienced player. He came to the Dragons to win his premiership after losing that grand final with the Broncos. And you've got Andrew McCulloch, who's obviously a very experienced hard head, to mix in around the the forwards there and the other star uh, power of, uh, you know, someone like Zach Lomax, who could have also played fullback. And, and, you know, that was looked like that could have happened a year or two ago. So there's a really delicate balancing act for um, Anthony Griffin. And I think there's a bit of a, a, a need to hit the ground running. And every team wants to do that. Of course they do. But after what happened last year, where the infamous barbecue happened in lockdown, it all sort of fell apart. Now, they've, they've said that they can't use excuses for that and that, you know, it's not good enough just to, to sort of, um, you know, just, just they have to leave that behind. But I think Dragons fans really want to see something. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. And, and it is interesting about like, what, what is the expectations for this side. Um, and, um, you know, it, it, what I see from so far is that there is enough talent there. And, and you walk in from a punter point of view, I want to see that, um, like, actually come forward from their point of view and, 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 and be a result. Like, you want to, you want to see a, a... If it's going to be a loss tonight, I want to see a, a sub-six-point loss. You know, I want it to be exciting all the way down to the line. And you want, to, want other teams to start to fear them. So when they walk in to, you know, win stadium or wherever we have home games in bits and pieces, that they go, well, we've got to be on our best game to win this. Not walking in going, if we put 10, 15 minutes in here, this team will crumble and go to the side. So yeah. it's an exciting-looking group. Um, yeah, it, it, again, it's a build from me, from my point of view. So if the effort levels are there and, um, you know, they're, they're trying their heart out and it's a good-looking team and it's, you know, and it's not a complete blowout, I'll be excited after tonight's game. Well, we've got uh, a new segment later on before we finish today, uh, Tim's Questions Without Notice. So I'm going to throw a couple at yourself and Matty Russell just around where we all think the yeah. Dragons are at among those questions. 
We're here at the Wollongong Golf Club, thanks to Charlie's Liquor Barn Everyday Low Prices with four great locations. It was a pleasure to talk to Strebray Dolovsky, uh, the new Wolves Chief Executive, there a moment before. We're hoping to speak to Ashton Sims as well this morning, uh, obviously with Group 7 not far away from uh, kickoff, as well as uh, what's happening in Rugby League. We're going to just turn to a couple of local uh, things at the moment. Um, Cameron Mee, my colleague at the Illawarra Mercury, wrote a great feature on the Kaya Sevens. Have you ever ever had a look down at the Kaima Sevens? I, I haven't. I, to be honest, brutally honest, I have not um, taken much interest into it. But yep. I am now starting to. Although obviously Ashton are involved in that space too. It's um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm interested in seeing you know what it looks like. Yeah, well, I mean, the the, uh, the Group 7 All-Stars were on there, um, and that's that's a really good showcase. Mm-hmm. Obviously, um, you know, to, to uh, I guess, show what the, the great Indigenous players, you know, can offer, and, um, you know, it's a wonderful product, what they've done in mimicking the, the NRL All-Stars. Yep. So hopefully we'll talk to Ashton about that soon. Yeah, and the, the, the Kaima Sevens, the, the rugby down there, it's in it's its 50th tournament down there. Right. And you reckon it'll be a bit wet and wild down at Chitting Oval and, the, um, and also the, the showground there this morning, because... The local, um, you know, the local soccer and the local cricket was all off, uh, all off today. But uh, yeah, look, the, the Kaima Sevens will be a great tournament. They get teams from Sydney mm-hmm. and all around the state. It's um, you know games throughout the day, mm-hmm. and then the title, uh, the title stuff tonight. So that'll be a great tournament. Yeah, ball, so ball security will be very important today, oh. and you, you've got to figure that it won't be a lot of running. It'll be a lot of uh, you know packs and running the ball forward and trying to get it as far as you can and yep. um, field position will be very important. Kicking to the corners, there'll be mm-hmm. plenty of muddy bodies yes. down there. Yeah, we're, um, we're here thanks to Charlie's Liquor Barn, everyday low prices with four great locations, Tarmor, Albion Park, Unandera and Warilla. We're going to talk to uh, to Maddie Russell shortly uh, with some, some charity shield uh, chat as well as other, other NRL um, in the build-up to the season in a couple of weeks as well as a a couple of other segments including Tim's questions without notice uh, we might go to a break and then we'll come back shortly yeah so it's um, you know with local sport too is there anything else going on at the moment Tim that you can uh, talk to us a little bit about it's a it's a funny time like we I know they're just cricket from that point of view I saw the uh, Aussies are getting ready to go over to Pakistan from uh, from the nation national point of view but locally like what else is happening around in the gong at the moment so yeah I spoke to the uh, the Wollongong um, oh, sorry the, the World Road Cycling Championships mm. are coming to Wollongong absolutely so uh, that's in September and the actual technical team the delegation came yep. to town this week which was really interesting because what they've done, they've had riders out here actually riding the proposed course, right. checking out some of the gradients and the distances, the elevations, uh, Mount Kira, around Mount Pleasant. Mm-hmm. The Obviously, um, you know, we've, we've driven up those sort of areas. We know how, how steep it'll be. Mm. So, you know, the world's elite um, road cyclists are, you know, coming to town. Mm. Um, and they actually admitted their surprise. I, I spoke to um, the Deputy Sporting Director of the UCI. She's also the, the champion uh, championship manager for the World Champions. Uh, Morgan Gaultier and um, she's sort of leading the delegation they went out through um, Helensburg and Stanmore yeah. Park they came down past the Sea Cliff Bridge which you can imagine what that's going to be like yeah, to amazing. 300 million viewers around yeah. the world when they're watching well, the let's championships ho- well, let's hope it's a bit better than today but yeah oh. absolutely if you get a sunshiny uh, like a sun a nice sunny day on that um, when it's on man it's going to be phenomenal and I think I actually rode that the other day on my motorbike, not on my bike because that's a long ride. But um, I was just amazed with how good and how lucky we are in the Illawarra to have such an unbelievable coastline and yeah. a road which just 
comes out off the side of the cliff. And I actually looked over at the old road that we used to be able to ride around to when you're going up to Stanwell Tops. And um, yeah, there's so many rocks falling on that thing now that you go, well, geez, how the hell did we actually used to go around there on, the, on cars? Oh. And how did they keep it from someone, you know, not getting killed with those rocks? Absolutely. Time, so. And speaking to Morgan yesterday, she said the one thing they were surprised about was the actual you know the scale of the elevations that it really was a european style format you know i think they were thinking that uh, there were going to be a lot of sprinters come out and that the teams would be geared for that fast sprinting racing on on a lot of flat surfaces Mm -hmm. and that the the mountain climbs just wouldn't quite be there and they were they were a little bit surprised at, at the quality which i think they deliver all that information to all the elite teams as they go, obviously in preparation for the championships. And she said these these teams will know that it's going to be uh, you know hard going, and that they're going to have to bring you know their best climbers out as well if they're going to be successful at yeah. these championships. So, so as part of the technical um, team, obviously they they send riders out there, obviously at a professional level. Do they? Uh, is it about timings? Are they trying to work out timings from a broadcast point of view? Did they elaborate on why they have the technical teams here? Yeah, well, that's, they, they come out because the, the proposed course is made and, and they've had difficulties with that because because of COVID restrictions. Mm. The actual technical team would have come out uh, much earlier than they were, but they've been doing a lot of video conferencing, yep. obviously uh, emailing information backwards and forwards on proposed courses. But this is the first time the team that will approve the course here in Wollongong have actually seen it live and so what they do they they bring out riders they take a lot of video work they do the gps work so that they can then have all of that data uh and and the videos to to then go and review work out what they can change and what the infrastructure they'll need because obviously they'll have uh fan zones um so you know that they'll have uh, trying to have a user-friendly uh experience for the people who will come from interstate and overseas as well as the local cycling fans you know to to get to the, um, you know, to, to get on track and, and actually watch from the great spots around and the, the scenic spots around Wollongong. Yeah, it's a great call. And, and, yeah, when you think about it with so many fans on the course, like, yeah, you've got to think of logistics like toilets and, and security. Like, how does it look like from a major event like that? Um, having been to the Tour de France, I was over there. One of my questions was, um, yeah, how do they make it secure? How do you have a million people on a course, which would they do over in, in the Tour? How do you have so many people around? And then how do you try and secure the athletes? Um, because there is no way of holding back all those uh, fans in that space. But then not only that, I remember being on one of the mountain climbs going, well, hang on, I, you know, how do you go to the toilet? Like, you know, for a male, okay, not as bad. But, you know, from a viewer point of view, how do you, um, do the logistics of that, how do you get the people in, how do you get them out, road closures, all those bits and pieces. Must be such a, a technical side to, to putting on an event like this and I'm quite amazed to, to see it and I can't wait to, to you know interview different people along the line until up until the event to try and get a real understanding about what actually goes on behind the scenes because you know, we all see it on TV and we all love it but yeah, what's it look like? Yeah, absolutely. Well, they're already calling it the biggest event that the Illawarra will have ever held and I mean to have the, the great road cyclists and time trialists come to our doorstep will be fantastic to watch in September. We are going to head to a break. When we come back we're going to have the great Matt Russell phoning in from Melbourne. We're going to talk rugby league. Welcome back to Saturday's In The Gong here at a little bit wet and rainy Wollongong Golf Club. It's going to be a big day of sport, including the Charity Shield on tonight. South Sydney versus the Dragons in Mudgee. Where, 
We're here thanks to Charlie's Liquor Barn. Everyday low prices with four great locations, Tarmore, Albion Park, Unandera and Warilla. Before we get to chatting to Matty Russell about the NRL, we've got the NRLW kicking off tomorrow and it's expanded competition. The Dragons take on the, uh, the Gold Coast Titans coming into the competition yes. at 12 o'clock. Uh, that's all in Newcastle. So Wollongong have actually got a round of it coming up, but yeah, it's, it's in New- based in Newcastle this week. It's exciting, and I think the the Dragons will enjoy playing in a you know it's been a, a really great four team competition. Mm. I think it's great to see that there's expansion in the competition. I We've seen too. it in the AFLW, yeah. uh, and now obviously the NRL get their chance to sort of really broaden their foot- footprint. And it's also exciting that um, Emma Tonegato, who's you know. A, world-class accomplished uh, rugby union sevens player been to all sorts of tournaments and world championships and she's back as the fullback for the dragon so i think she'll add a add a bit of spark there no totally exciting i think you know the the whole the whole league itself is starting to look exciting yeah they they tapped it off and uh, and and just ticked it over but now it actually looks like it's going to be a competition that's going to be sustainable long term and pretty exciting that um you know you take a game to newcastle and play it up there and try and establish in all the regional areas as well as the city areas that this competition's here and it's here to stay yeah i'm looking forward to watching the game tomorrow yeah and the women's products have been really good too Mm. the women's state of origin you know is just such a fantastically well Mm. done product now and i think the expansion's a really good time i know it's been difficult through covid and everything else but it's a great time to have uh, more teams in the competition and and that encourages more girls and women to get involved playing rugby league. So the Dragons play the Gold Coast Titans at 12. That's followed by the Roosters and the Broncos, which will be a cracker, will be a cracker. at 150. And then the Knights, being the home team, they lead at home against the Parramatta Eels. So they're the, the six teams. So I think it's time to introduce our regular host of Saturdays in the Gong, live from Melbourne. He's down there at the, uh, the Super Netball at the moment. Good morning to you, Matt Russell. G'day, Tim. G'day, Matt. I might not be the regular host if you keep doing such a great job. I've enjoyed the show this morning from afar, boys. Yeah, Melbourne, I'm down here for the uh, pre-season Super Netball tournament down here. They call it the Team Girls Cup, and all eight Super Netball franchises are here over the weekend uh, before they start their Super Netball season final weekend in March. But you're right, Rugby League is here well and truly, and we're set for a feast on Fox League over the next couple of days. It was to be four NRL trials today, but I can report that the game at Redcliffe between the Warriors and the Titans, it's been postponed until Monday. It's a bit hard to play when the field's underwater, boys. Yeah, it's been an absolute deluge up there. I mean, we've, we've had it quite bad here. You should see the lakes here at uh, Wollongong Golf Club this morning off the uh, the tee here. My slice would be in all sorts of trouble teeing mm. off up there. But well, uh, yeah. Tim, let me tell you that the Matt Campbell can find the water in a desert. Imagine <laughs> how he'd go around Wollongong today. It, it mate, it'd be perfect ball. for me. It'd be perfect for me. All the water's on the on the fairways, mate. I'm never on any of them. So, but it is, it is. It's it's the Wollongong, not the Lynx course. It's now the Wollongong Lakes course at the moment. So it's a, it is a absolute spectacular. Tell you what, looking here right now, we're going to one um, one punter out here chipping away. So that's pretty much it from the extent of golf being played out here. But looking at it, um, the course is holding up extremely well. But it looks amazing with the water. It actually, looks like it's meant to be there, and you're meant to play around it. I think people would pay a lot of money to play this kind of course at the moment it's a fantastic course all the time that's what we like to hear about mm, Wollongong sporting absolutely. So, events yeah, and localities yeah so talk to us a little bit before we get into NRL Matty about the uh, netball and how that's all going down there in Melbourne well Fox 
picked up the rights, so it's the Fox Netball Channel, Channel 505, and uh, look, the athletes are sensational. We know that Super Netball is fast, it's athletic, it's furious, and, and this pre-season tournament uh, only builds on that because they're 10-minute quarters, a three-minute super shot period, whereby if you shoot from a designated arc around the exterior of the circle, you get two points rather than the one point for a regular goal. So a nice addition that's come to Super Netball in recent years. And yeah, yeah the so I saw they've stole, I saw they stole that from the basketball, mate. I like that they're bringing in you know, <laughs> new stuff and, and taking it from our um, our great sport. But it is it is good. And, and like, um, you know, I've been talking about this in basketball for quite some time. How do you evolve the game to do it, put a different spin on it as every other sport is doing? And I think Netball has really made it exciting on a different scale. Um, and I, th- I think they're onto something. I, I think it's excellent to it's really good to watch, and you can pick it up halfway through a game and be excited, which which I think um, cricket has done with the T20. Uh, Any time you turn the T20 game on, it's exciting. So I think um, netball have really taken that and, and running with it. Yeah, if you're standing still, you're going backwards. That's the saying. It's a fine line, isn't it, between changing it too much and losing the fabric of the sport, but also mm. uh, just making some subtle changes to keep it exciting. I've done that. The two-point shot, rolling substitutions, and other initiatives, and I think the competition is going to be close. The New South Wales Swift, the reigning champs, they'll be mm. the team to beat again. But there are plenty of uh, contenders lining up here and showing that when it starts, it won't be a one-horse race. Certainly the case. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's exciting uh, for the competition, and I'm looking forward to the coverage from you uh, down there, Maddie. Let's get stuck into the rugby league. It's Charity Shield tonight. I think it's a big test for the Dragons, but one player who won't be there is uh, Tyrell Fuimiano, who uh, had the, uh, the the hip drop tackle uh, on Hayes Dunster there and has copped a five-week ban as a result. Look, play by Dunster just to straighten up as he was running out of room. And he's clutching at a knee here. Let's hope no significant damage done, but this is what you dread in trials. Seemed to twist the legs as he was going down. Oh, that's... And Fui Mayono is going to go on report for that for a hip drop. It was unfortunate, that one, because he didn't really drop with his full weight. He obviously made the, the, the tackle, and then it was kind of awkward, and he, he dropped on his leg. But obviously, they're cracking down, and the hip drop seems to be the the, uh, the latest sort of variation of these tackles, um, you know, after the, the crusher and the chicken wing yep. and, and all the variations we've had um, since. We're also missing a couple of other players. I know um, Tarek Sims will be missing. He's got a bit of a calf problem. But the Dragons have got a, a more or less uh, sort of full-strength team, uh, Maddie, for um, what I think is a really important trial for them. Yeah, and it's dangerous to read too much into trials, isn't it? I was sidelined at uh, Parramatta last week when the Dragons came from 16-0 down to beat the Eels. Again, I, I hesitate to read too much into it, but one sign that I really did like was the enthusiasm, the spirit, the camaraderie uh, at different points in the game where the Dragons look to be a really united, confident team, and that's what you need when the bookies are dismissing you. So can they build on last week's encouraging signs tonight in Mudgee against the Rabbitohs? I'm really looking forward to seeing Talatau Amon in the 5-8 role, Tyrell mm. Sloan in the fullback role. A lot of debate about who will be the starting fullback for the Dragons. Now, Tyrell Sloan is a prodigious talent. He's young, he's fast, he's enthusiastic. Uh, he could be any sort of player for the next decade. But there's Anthony Griffin go with the youngster in such an important position to start, or does he go with someone who's perhaps a bit more experienced, maybe a little bit more defensively rugged in that role, like a Moses Embiid? There's a left-field suggestion for you. We'll wait and see what happens. But certainly, I know that 
you know, a lot of people are saying, look, throw the young fella in, go with Tyrell Sloan, uh, and, and he might just make it work from the get-go. Um, I, I'd probably side with that element rather than saying let's go for safety first. I know the Dragons want to be consistent. They want to be secure at the back after some defensive frailties that were identified by Coach Griffin last year. But what about you boys? Who, who would you have as your starting fullback round one for the Dragons against the Warriors? Yeah, it's a really interesting point. We uh, we had a little bit of a, a chat about it before. And uh, what we might do, though, we might just head to a quick break and then we'll yeah, come back and we'll have a, uh, a bit of a rundown on the rest of the Charity Shield action. This is Saturdays in the Gong. Welcome back to Saturdays in the Gong, live from the Wollongong Golf Club. I'm here with Hawks great Matt Campbell and Fox Sports broadcaster and regular host of Saturdays in the Gong, Matt Russell. We're talking Dragons and Rugby League. And thank you to our great major sponsors, Charlie's Liquor Barn. Yeah, it's an interesting point you made before the break there, Matt Russell, just getting the combinations right. So they're looking at here tonight for the Charity Shield, Tyrell Sloan at fullback, Cody Ramsey, who, as you said, was the other fullback option there. He's on the wing. Junior Ramon will be at 5'8", with Ben Hunt at halfback. And Andrew McCulloch, with his experience, will be at the hooker. And I think that's the real key element of where they get it right. Obviously, they've got um, Jaden Sullivan there. I know they've got a couple of players missing tonight, uh, including Tarek Sims, who will no doubt come into the team. They've got Jack Bird named there in the back row with Jack DeBellin at lock. So I think that's the combination they've got, they've got to get right. They've got to get the youth of Amone and, and Sloan really firing with Hunt and McCulloch and no doubt they would have worked really hard on on those combinations in the preseason. Yeah, look, I'll throw, um, from my point of view, it's interesting looking and hearing you guys talk as experts in this area about about where they go with their lineups. And just looking from across, um, or across all different sports at the moment, a lot of sports are doing sort of positional, uh, positionless um, sporting at the moment. So is there, a, is there a role in the NRL to be able to say, right, oh, well, yeah, traditionally this guy would play a, a wing or a fullback, but is able to play multiple positions. So then, you know, as a game, it, it could evolve. Uh, you know, this is just throwing something. I haven't thought much about it, but listening and talking about it and seeing the, the dilemma that the Dragons have in this space, is it is it a bit of a turn that we're starting to see? I don't know. You know, that's an interesting question. And would it be good from the Dragons' point of view to show a bit of positionless uh, NRL? Brad Fittler showed some real vision with that, with the um, the State of Origin team with New South Wales. You saw Tom Travojevic, he was you know normally in the centre position, but because he can play fullback and he can float across the field, Fittler let him go. Mm. And he was bobbing up in all sorts of positions and just creating absolute mayhem there for, uh, for Queensland. They just couldn't handle it at times. And obviously they came up with plans as the series went on, but it's really difficult to handle. And, you know, rugby league's a sport that's been so structured with block plays and out mm. the back and, you know, players running their lines that, you know, I think Trebojevic's role, and obviously there's a few who can do it in the NRL, mm. you know, can really revolutionise the game in that area. And last week we saw Josh Maguire move into the halfback role because there was no Ben Hunt, and he was sensational. He was mm. kicking, admittedly poorly, a uh, couple yeah. of successful captain's challenges. It was the inclusion of Josh Maguire that actually turned the Dragons' fortunes last week. Now, he's a middle forward every day of the week, but he showed yeah. us another string to his bow last week. And I'll go further and jump into Jack Bird, who's bound to play as an edge-back rower uh, this evening in jumper number 11, as part of that back row alongside Seward and DeBellin. But... 
he could play six. He could play in the centres. Really, Jack's the sort of bloke who you could come up with a position and, and he'd just eventually make it his own. That's why I think he's a valuable ingredient in this Dragons lineup. And I know that plenty of Red V fans will be disappointed to hear that the man who played the most minutes for them last season and led so many statistical errors, uh, areas isn't actually... Uh, on the same page when it comes to contract negotiations. That's a story that will continue to bubble away in the background and, and maybe be a little bit of a destabilising influence on the Dragons' start of the season. Yeah, and, it's, and isn't that interesting? And isn't it as an uh, uh, opposition to be able to go, well, you know, hang on a minute, who is going to kick at this stage? So, yes, they have their traditional Absolutely. halves. But, you know, if you've got an ability to be able to play that across all parts of your, of your um, you know, offensive line, then, you know, are you more dangerous as a team? And, you know, is it going to be the case of, like, well, you know, from a basketball standpoint, you look at the Warriors. The Warriors went small, went shooters, everyone shoots threes. They changed the whole NBA with, with the style of play that they played. Someone has to be the catalyst for change at some stage. And, you know, normally whoever does it and whoever succeeds and has a bit of success with it then changes the whole league. So it's going to be very interesting. Well, this is Saturdays in the Gong. We've got Matt Russell here. He's live from Melbourne at the Super Netball. Here with Matt Campbell, the Hawks great. Now, we're going to go to a break shortly, but I was going to throw a new segment at you before we finish it up. I'm calling it Tim's Questions Without Notice. So we're going to talk (laughs) rugby league, but we're also going to talk Hawks and just get a bit of a temperature gauge of where we think our two local teams are. Obviously, the Hawks are in the middle of their campaign and are fighting for a top-four spot. The Dragons, well, they would, they would be disappointed with what happened last year where it all sort of fell apart and they didn't make the eight. So, you know, there's a bit of pressure on in different ways for, for both, of our, uh, both of our clubs. So let's come back. I'll come back with Tim's questions without notice before we wrap it up. This is Saturdays in the Gong. We're here thanks to Charlie's Liquor Barn, everyday low prices, four great locations, Tarmor, Albion Park, Unandera and Warilla. We'll be back to wrap up the show shortly. Charlie's Liquor Barn. Everyday low prices with four great locations. Tarmor, Albion Park, Unandera and Warilla. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. Saturdays in the Gong here at the Wollongong Golf Club. We've got Matt Campbell and Matt Russell on the line with us. Guys, we've only got a couple of minutes left, so I'm going to do some quick-fire questions without notice. Let's gauge the Dragons and the Hawks and their season. So, question one, who finishes higher on the ladder this year, the Dragons or the Bulldogs? I'll go first. I'm going to go with the Dragons. I reckon it's going to be close, but I think both those teams are around about the same. Matty? Greg, Greg Alexander tipped the Dragons to make the top eight last week. Uh, I don't know whether they're that good, but they'll finish above the Dogs, so the Dragons for me. Yeah, I think the Bulldogs will surprise. I think they'll get close to the top eight, but I think the Dragons are the team of the two of them that can make the eight, so yeah. I will say the Dragons as well. Quickly, what if I throw the Broncos into that mix? Who's the highest of the three? Now the Reynolds is at the Broncos. I still say the Dragons. Still Dragons. Yeah, yeah, I'm happy to be with you there. Okay, on that, can the Dragons make the eight? Yes, Absolutely, with a bit of luck and with some players returning to form. Yeah. Okay, and finally, back to your territory with the NBL. We have got a, a little bit of time left that we can flesh this out for a few seconds. The Hawks, they're on the cusp of the four. The win last night gets them back level with the Kings. Will they make playoffs? Yes, they will, and I think they go on a bit of a run after last night's uh, good win. I think they'll get a bit of confidence. Absolutely. You don't win the 
championship mid-season, you win it by success in the finals where the Hawks can click into gear and make the grand final and take the title. I think the Hawks will make the playoffs. I think they'll sneak into fourth, which I think will be really difficult to win the title from there anyway, given Melbourne, although they do seem to match up pretty well against Melbourne United, but they're going to have a tough run if they get in. I just want to see the next three games. You know, they go away, they've dropped a couple of games at home, and I think they have to make this little stretch count because if they can go 2-1, and one, or ideally 3-0, and oh, obviously, but if they can go 2-1, and one, come back home, you know, they've got the mix of the games on the run in, I think they're probably in the box seat to, Agreed. at the very least, get fourth. Agreed. All right, thank you very much to Matt Russell down in Melbourne. Enjoy the Super Netball, mate. We look forward to having you back on deck. I like the Impact Garage doors. I'm the Impact player off the bench, yes, so uh, we look forward to having you back, <laughs> Matty Russell. <laughs> You've done a great job, Tim, and I look forward to seeing you in person, not just hearing your voices in the weeks to come, men. Thanks to you. Thanks to Matt Campbell. We're here to... uh, Thanks to Charlie's Liquor Barn, everyday low prices, with four great locations, Tarmor, Albion Park, Unendera, and Warilla. Also, thanks to our good friend (laughs) Christian Zeidler at One Agency Zeidler Waller and to Impact Garage Doors. This has been Saturdays in the Gong. Enjoy your afternoon. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. Stuff for your face and body? It's men's skincare with a purpose. Top quality Aussie-made grooming and skincare to help guys look and feel great with no hassles. Plus, Stuff is helping mental health too. Find Stuff at Woolworths or visit website of stuff.com. Come.